Africa and eat South Africa. Um, we will now give this opportunity to Judge Makume to make his opening remarks. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Manganesha, Chair. Um, I am, as Chair of Legal Aid, I'm accompanied today by the, by the CEO, Ms. Mrs. Ms. Kola, Mantiti Kola, and then Advocate Velna Lamli uh, is standing in for uh, Patrick. She is the acting CLE. And then uh, I've got the Professor William Gunete, who is one of the board members and deputy chairperson of, uh, uh, I think it's RAMSAC or, or the audit committee. Um, and then uh, uh, Mr. Pandelan, Pandelan, who's the representative of uh, the Minister of Justice, uh, is also a board member. Uh, I'm not aware of any other um, the deputy chairperson. Um, Mr. Uh, will probably be joining us later, the deputy chairperson, uh, late later. Um, chair, the annual performance plan was uh, submitted to the executive authority on the 31st of January 2022. And it, it, we also know that it was tabled uh, uh, before Parliament on the 23rd of March um, uh, for the 7th of April 2022. So we believe that members of this committee have had sight of the report, which uh, will be presented to you by uh, the chief, but to you by the chief executive officer. Uh, to you, Mantiti. And then we will take questions. Thank you very much, uh, Judge Makume. Um, CEO, you would have received a correspondence from ourselves indicating that uh, presentations are taken as read. We have gone through your presentation. So you'll be given 30 minutes to just talk to the salient points of your presentation so that we can have time for uh, questions and answers. Thank you very much. Um, Honorable Chair, and good day to all honorable members. Um, as the chairperson has already acknowledged members of the board, uh, that's our board chair, Justice Makume. Uh, our deputy chair, Ndadim Bunjela, will join us shortly. And also the REMSEC uh, chairperson, Mr. Liseilani. And we have uh, in our midst, Professor Gumete, who's the deputy chair of our audit committee. And from the management side, I have the chief operations officer, Mr. Sitopo Mamuteti, the chief financial officer, Ms. Tinzualo Mufukeng, who's her first appearance here. And also we have the acting national operations executives, Ms. Mpokhabi, also her debut appearance, and also the acting CLE, Advocate Valna Lambley, and also from the board members' side, we do have our acting solicitor general, who is a shareholder representative, Dade Pandelani. And I also like to acknowledge um, senior officials from the department, if there are any in our midst. You can proceed with your presentation.
Thank you, Chairperson. Our presentation outline will cover the annual performance plan 2022-2023 and the budget that's been allocated for this financial year as well. And what we have included, which was not part of the brief, was an update on the land rights management unit uh, based on the our discussion in the prior meeting. And we also have in our midst the new executive for land rights management unit of legal aid, Mr. Tabiso Mbenze. So we are pleased uh, to present the APP and the budget to the committee. This slide just affirms our vision and mission and our values that guides us in our conduct of the business. You will recall, Chairperson, that this annual performance plan for 2022-2023 is the third year of our 2020-2025 uh, strategy document. But most importantly, this is the first time that we include the new responsibility that pertains to legal representation for land rights. We took over the facility in January, on the 1st of January 2022, the last quarter of 2021 and 2022 financial year. And the transfer would not have been possible without the cooperation of the Ministry of Justice and Constitutional Development, Department of Agriculture, Land Reform, um, and Rural Development, Public Service Administration, and National Treasury, and our Board of Directors, who made sure that whilst the funding was still being negotiated, they accorded us the seed funding to start um, uh, the function. And also a special thanks to our internal land task team uh, led by the legal executive for land rights units, um, Mr. Tabiso Mbeza, our CFO, our corporate legal manager, and also our senior financial manager. And also our CLE were part of that task team. So for all involved, thank you very much for ensuring that we were able to take over the function in the last um, quarter of um, in the last quarter of 2021-2022. Despite our pleas for no budget cuts in the previous meetings, we started this year on the back foot with a baseline reduction of 230 million. 125 million for compensation of employees and 105 million for goods and services expenditure. The 230 million uh, baseline budget uh, cut will adversely affect our ability to fulfill our mandate. So that's what we just wanted to bring um, to the committee. And in the next three slides, slide six and seven, Ms. Mandete, yeah, yes, thank you. Uh, the slides were not showing, now they are showing. Okay. In this summary of the APP, in slide six, seven, and eight, we're just outlining the four dimensions of our strategy performance management tool, the balance scorecard. And it depicts 13 outcomes 
and 16 programs per the balanced scorecard perspective. The first dimension, client, community, stakeholder, and shareholder, relates to our core function. That's the legal delivery um, for criminal, civil, for land, our legal advice, and also our how we account to our shareholder, the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, and how we collectively contribute to the functioning of the justice and legal sector. So those three slides will outline the pro outcomes and programs per balance scorecard. So I will then move to the actual APP, which then starts on slide 10. Our first program under client, community, and stakeholder and shareholder relates to the criminal legal aid delivery. And if you look at our average planned um, court coverage for district court, we are decreasing. From last year's 86%, we are now going for 80%. And this can only be attributed to the budget cuts. And for average plan for regional court, we still are targeting 90% coverage. And for the high court, all legal matters will be covered. And for our civil legal aid delivery, we noticed that there's a decrease in matters that we're able to take. And 90% of the matters are taken care by our internal legal practitioners, 10% by GDK, and about 4,000, uh, 3,000 is taken care by our cooperatives. Then we have a, the new function where we provide legal representation and advice to clients in land matters. And there we plan to have 800 new matters with a budget of 57 million. The 57 million, as you'll see in the uh, budget slides, yeah. comprise of a 24 million that was availed by the board from the uh, previously approved uh, retained surplus and also 33 million that was availed by the Department of Justice. In terms of our general advice, that general advice is provided for, for our, by our general advice line and also for paralegals across our footprint. And that's a demand-driven target. With regard to strategic litigation, we plan to do 16, and also you'll also notice the decrease in number due to the impact of the budget cut. We also strive to contribute to the justice um, cluster by attending all national and provincial efficiency enhancement structures. And on a quarterly basis and once a year, we do provide our accounting, um, our executive authority, the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, we according the four quarterly reports and one annual report. And then when we go to the finance and sustainability, which is a major um, component as well, following our core business, that's where we strive to have a balanced budget. Given the budget cuts, how do we still um, pursue our mandate in a cost-effective way to make sure that we fall within the budget? And also one of the key focus areas is to make sure that our financial reporting are uh, annual and media financial statements are compliant with the relevant standards, and we endeavor to comply 100% with all statutory 
requirements. In terms of our risk-based audit coverage plan, we plan to achieve 95% of the audit coverage plan that is approved by the audit committee utilizing our internal audit capacity. And in terms of the functioning of the board, I think the numbers of the members in this meeting attest to the fact that we do have a properly constituted board that provides strategic direction and maintain oversight of performance against strategic plan and APP. From time to time, we review the Legal Aid SA Act, Legal Aid Regulations and Legal Aid Manual to make sure that they are responsive. Um, so in, we do that in every two years or as and when required. And in terms of Program 13, we endeavor to comply 100% to the triple PFA, PFMA, and also all relevant national treasury regulations. And in terms of our staffing plans under employee and organizational capacity, innovation and learning perspective, our recruitment drive, we still say it's at 95%, but given the budget cut that we alluded to earlier of about 235 million for the year under review, we find it very difficult to attain even that 95%. We adopt a very conservative approach in ensuring that we always between 90 and 95, just to make sure that we are afloat. And in terms of our investment in developing uh, the staff, we also are constrained because of the budget cuts. We don't do as much as we'd love to do in the skills development space. And in terms of the employment equity, we have an approved employment equity plan 2020-25 that we're still not meeting and the targets are enumerated below. And also a big focus would be for this financial year to make sure that we achieve the targets for senior management on the employment equity, which the board is closely monitoring. And in terms of, of, of our IT, VPN or virtual private network is connected to all sites and available at 95%. We've been able to work remotely for the past two years and we're able to fulfill uh, or to achieve what we set out to do in terms of our APP and in terms of our business plan. The IT hardware capacity, we make sure that it's aligned to business needs and available most of the time. But even here, we are constrained by the budget cuts. And in terms of cybersecurity road, um, cybersecurity, in 2019, there was a a study that was commissioned. And from that study, we have a cybersecurity network that our IT team is constantly investing in, assessing from time to time. Just in this past financial year, we had ex two external penetration tests uh, that proved that we are secure in areas that they have identified we are actively pursuing. In terms of the budget, I've already alluded on the what's been allocated to us and on the baseline budget cuts. 
The only problem that we would like to bring to the committee attention is the fact that any budget cut for legal aid impact on service delivery as 80% of our budget is spent on employee costs. So we have little room to maneuver when we are confronted with a budget cut as 80% of our budget is spent on employee costs. In terms of, of this budget, if you look at note four, you'll see that we've been accorded uh, 2 billion and one. 118 million, and in that amount, uh, we include about 11.3 million for the appointment of new special commercial courts, practitioners from DOJ, and also it's that 24 million on note three that we spoke about that the board made available uh, as a startup capital for the new land rights management. And that was uh, funding from that was previously approved by Treasury as part of retention of surplus. This then indicate budget allocation uh, per expenditure. But what is interesting, it's the fact that I alluded earlier on that if you look at the budget allocation summary, you will see that almost 80% is towards salaries and related costs. And 6.3% is other direct expenditure that are directly linked to service delivery. And that would be your duty care, your cooperation agreements, and all those aspects that we're doing in pursuit of our mandate. Our operation budget, it's 12%. That is small and there's still no flexibility in that 12% in the sense that it's mostly contractual obligations that include office rental, cleaning, and wide area network. And we only have about 2% for the replacement of capital assets according to our capital asset replacement uh, uh, project. This line only shows the baseline budget reductions as we touched on and also depict that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> also depicts the 23, the upcoming year, where we also envisaging a 5% cut of about 121.808 million. Excuse me, Chair. <coughs> The impact of the budget cuts for the current year and also for the upcoming year, 2023, 2024, will see us reduce the, the duty care direct expenses <coughs> in this financial year by 8.8, in the next financial year by 7.6 million. The impact on staffing is because although our target is 195, is 95% of our approved establishment, we will not be in a position to appoint about 171 um, positions, permanent positions, because of that 125 million cut towards cost of employment. <coughs> so, can I ask one of my colleagues, the CFO, to please proceed? The flu is 
causing havoc on me. Yeah. CFO, if you may please proceed. Please proceed, Tinsolo. Can you hear me? I'm here. Yeah, please proceed. The CEO is to recover. All right. She was on impact on matters, yes. Yes. So if we just follow on from where the CEO left, so um, the impact on the matters that we are able to um, I manage and take on from a legal aid uh, point of view, um, you know, we can see that in terms of um, we, we would be able to take on 86,000 uh, matters, but we can see that because of the budget cuts, we are not able to, because we cannot have, uh, we, we don't have enough staff, um, you know, at the different offices and also to be able to manage uh, the number of cases that we would need to, to, to take on. So you can see um, that eight, 86,000 matters uh, would not be able to be, to be managed in the 2021-22 and the 2022-23 uh, uh, financial year. So if we can move to the next slide. And in the next slide, we, we then look at the total uh, impact on court coverage. And obviously, uh, court coverage is one of our indicators in terms of the ATP. So here we're just reflecting on if we continue to have a, a budget cut and even the budget cuts that we already are uh, experiencing the 10% in the 2223 and the 5% in the 23-24, we can see that, um, you know, the impact for, from a district uh, point, a court point of view and the regional uh, court point of view, that there will be less coverage uh, in those areas. Uh, and I mean, in terms of our, our target, we are targeting, uh, you know, the, 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 the 90%. And obviously, because we, we have the, 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 the budget cuts, we won't be able to, to meet uh, those targets, and we had to also adjust, uh, you know, our targets in order to ensure that, you know, the variation between uh, our targets and actual performance is not that huge. Um, and if we also then uh, look at the civil matters, uh, when we can see that, you know, we would be able, we would not be able to uh, meet almost 11% uh, of our civil matters um, you know, in the in the 21, 22, uh, and in the 22, 23 financial years, because again uh, of the budget cuts. So I think, in terms of uh, uh, concluding, uh, you know, around the ATP and the budget, um, it is quite crucial from a legal aid point, SA point of view, to have sufficient budget in order for us to meet our service delivery uh, needs uh, and targets. Uh, because the budget reduction has an impact on staff, you know, then we, the, the, the amount of uh, staff that we have, we end up having to overwork and they, you know, uh, uh, suffer from burnout because obviously uh, they have a, a lot of work to do, which could be, uh, you know, uh, managed by other uh, staff members if we were able to have the right budget. So, 
you know, with that being said, you know, uh, Legal Aid SA is, is quite, has a staff complement of people who are driven, who are, you know, uh, interested in ensuring that we are able to meet the service delivery. And therefore, we still strive to meet uh, our strategic plan and our ATP deliverables. Uh, because, you know, we, in our hearts, we understand that, you know, justice for all is quite important. And therefore, we, we strive to ensure that we are able to meet those targets and, and the needs. And with all that, we want to also allay the, the, the to, 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 to stress to the committee and give comfort that, you know, we still maintain good governance and manage our finances in a proper way. Uh, as the CEO had indicated that we do submit our quarterly reports and, you know, we have had a quite good audit uh, reviews in the past uh, financial years that, uh, you know, we are able to manage our budget efficiently and effectively. So the other issue that we, we, we have, and obviously because of budget cuts, is the issue around uh, our employment value proposition. Understanding that, uh, you know, we obviously attract professionals and we would want to retain uh, th those professionals. And in order to do that, we need to ensure that our employment value proposition, you know, is, uh, 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 you know, in line with, uh, you know, the market. And therefore, the, the, the budget cuts make us unable, uh, you know, to reposition that in a way that you know, would allow us to retain the staff complement that we have and also to attract, uh, you know, the, the, the right caliber of individuals to manage uh, our service delivery targets. And another thing is that, you know, we, we do work uh, a lot in trying to ensure that we are able to manage, uh, you know, the risks that we are faced with uh, in terms of how we need to deliver our services. And this is uh, you know, one of the key uh, risks is, is um, you know, uh, how we are able to, to, to be in most places and be accessible to, uh, you know, to, the, to, to, our, to our clients. And, you know, the acquisition of office accommodation has been one of those uh, thorns uh, that we've experienced, which has actually, uh, you know, and allowed us to start rethinking about how we would be able to uh, deliver our service to our clients. But we we should also uh, mention that you know the the DOJ has also uh, allowed us uh, some uh, or rather given us some office space. Um, you know, in areas where we actually did struggle to uh, acquire uh, office space from. Uh, you know, from the landlord because of non-responsiveness uh, of different service providers, but we have been able to be accessible to our clients. Um, and I think, you know, uh, the last point around the economic impact of, uh, of COVID, I think we, we all uh, have experienced that and legal aid SA is not, um, uh, uh, you know, is not, uh, has not been spared. Uh, from, from the impact of the pandemic. And I think it is also one of the reasons why we, we continue to stress the, the, the impact of uh, the budget cuts on how it is affecting us in delivering our, our, our mandates. And obviously with the pandemic, there has been a lot more uh, you know, civil cases 
and other cases, you know, that, that, that we need to manage, but we cannot because of uh, our of the budget cuts and the staff complements that we cannot uh, completely fill. Um, I think I will end it there, Judge. Thank you. Yes, no, thank you. Uh, Mantit, is there anything that may have been left out that you want to, um, now, that, now that you're back, Mantiti? No, thank you very much. And thank you for the committee's indulgence. And thank you to the CFO, Judge. Um, with the committee, that then concludes our ses uh, session on the APP and the budget. So I will be in the committee chairperson, honorable committee chairperson's hands, whether they would like us to share the slides on the, <clears throat> on the land rights management unit. If that's the case, I'm gonna ask the land rights executive, um, Mr. Tabison Benze to take the committee. Well, not not that, not unless there are any members of the of the portfolio committee <coughs> that questions on the presentation. Dr. Mangwanesha, are there any questions maybe from? Um, no, I, from I, the, I think let, let's get the presentations all of them. Then we can ask questions. All right. Yeah. Very well then. Thank you. Tabiso, please come in with the land rights matters. Uh, judge, uh, just the CEO. Um, is she really fine? Uh, she's at home. I think we may have to excuse her for now. Mantiti, I think uh, if you don't mind, um, please make sure that you you give yourself uh, sufficient time. And if you don't feel don't feel pressurized to 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 stay in this meeting, unless if you're not feeling comfortable, please, ma'am. Uh, thank you, chair, and thank you, honourable chair. Yeah. I will I will keep on driving for the team. Okay. Thank you. Tabiso, please go ahead. Uh, the slides are now on. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon, Chairperson. Good afternoon, Honorable Portfolio Committee members. Uh, good afternoon, board members of Legal Aid. Good afternoon, colleagues. Yes. Uh, in December 2019, the Interministerial Committee of on Land Reform recommended the transfer of land rights management facility to Legal Aid South Africa. Legal Aid South Africa Strategic Plan 2020 to 2025 stated that legal representation function undertaken by land rights management facility of the Department of Agriculture will be transferred to Legal Aid South Africa. So in February 2020, a task team comprising Department of Justice, Department of Agriculture, as well as Legal Aid Board, Legal Aid South Africa was established to facilitate the interim transfer. From July to December 2021, Legal Aid South Africa started working alongside with the department in preparation for the agreed takeover date of 1 January 2022. On 1 January 2022, Legal Aid South Africa took over the management of the legal component of land rights management, management facility. The land rights management unit has received 33 referrals from the department to date since uh, the 1st of January 2022. The Department of Justice is engaging national treasurer to secure requisite funding to implement the land rights management facilities internal management and service delivery structure for land-related matters. We can move the slide. 
Legal Aid South Africa intends to follow a salaried legal practitioner model per province to provide legal representation to farm dwellers, labor tenants, as well as the land claimants. The internal land practitioners will be trained and capacitated to, hand, to handle the land-related matters, and the quality legal assurance program will be adopted by the land rights management to ensure the, quali the quality of the delivery of quality legal services. To ensure a seamless handover, the land rights management utilizes the land rights management facility panel of practitioners attending to the pending matters. We are using the attorneys that were being used by the land rights management facility also to proceed with these matters. But there are conditions. They are supposed to be accredited on legal aid SA to the care system, and they have to be compliant as well with the national treasurer CSD requirements. Okay, in the first 2022-2023, Legal Aid South Africa manages the land rights management unit from the national office until the requisite funding to cover the rollout of the proposed national footprint is received. So currently we are operating from the national office. The national office structure comprises the legal executive, senior legal practitioners, and administrative support officers. Resourcing of the provincial footprint will be phased will be phased in from June 22, subject to available funds. Senior and supervisory legal practitioner positions were advertised on the 14th, April, 2022. So the next slide will just de depict the proposed land rights management facility staff. The, we have decided to divide the, provi the, 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 the provinces into regions, like Wazulu Natal will be divided into four regions. And each region will be allocated four legal practitioners, which is one supervisory legal practitioner, one senior legal practitioner, one junior legal practitioner, and one paralegal. Pumalanga as well will be divided into four regions. Western Cape as well. Gauteng will be divided into, into three regions. Can move the slide. Okay. okay, we can move again. These are the regions and the staff that each region will be allocated. This table below summarizes. Okay, this table below summarizes the land rights management unit financial requirements. National office, we've got about ten positions. Uh, those are salary salary expenses. There are operational expenses, legal expenses, as well as the ones of capital expense expenditure and the total. So this is just the financial requirements for the land rights management unit. We've got, as CEO mentioned, we've got about 24 million that was transferred. That was the, 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 the retained surplus. And we've got another 33 million from the Department of Justice. We can move. Okay. Uh, these are the priorities for the land rights management unit. So we want to improve the internal delivery model with due regard to the demand for, land, for legal representation in land-related matters, and also support the Department of Justice in finalizing the MTEF funding with the National Treasurer to ensure a fully funded mandate, and also to collaborate with the Department of Agriculture as well as the 
the Chief Land Claims Commissioner to optimize the land rights management unit operation, and also to train the internal legal practitioners and duty care practitioners, uh, and also to roll out the provincial footprint uh, to monitor the duty care partners, legal service delivery offering, as well as collaborate with all stakeholders in land justice cluster. We can move. Okay, thank you. Yes, no, thank you. Um, that takes us through the um, the issue on land rights. Um, I think what is left, Mantiti, is the we have dealt with the budget already. Have we? Have we not? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have covered. Yeah, I've covered that. So that would be the the land rights issue was the last one. Am I right, Yes, Jay, we have covered the APP, the budget, and the additional component um, yeah. with the yeah. indulgence of the committee on an update yes. on our LRMU. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, CEO and uh, uh, the COO, as well as the, uh, Mr. Tabiso. Uh, Mr. Monganish and the portfolio committee, I think right through our presentation, you heard the word budget, 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 budget cut. Uh, I think it is becoming uh, very monotonous, uh, but it's something that we cannot run away from is there. Uh, but however, we can assure you from, from, from the board that our staff uh, uh, is doing, uh, through the leadership of the CEO, is doing everything to try and meet and mitigate the shortcomings that we are expecting. I must also indicate that um, as far as um, court coverage and, and the shortfalls that we're going to experience, that um, we, will we will be talking to private sector uh, to see how they could uh, be in a position to assist. When I talk about private sector, I'm thinking, I'm talking about the, the, the Legal Practice Council uh, besides duty care services, to see how they can be in a position to, to assist. But the, that's something that is still in the pipeline to be discussed because of uh, what you can expect. We, we, we must understand that our biggest problem is the constitutional mandate that we have. And with the district court, uh, the figures showing that the district court is the one that is going to be suffering most. That is where we're going to be picking up a lot of problems and complaints uh, that legal aid is not fulfilling its constitutional mandate. Uh, so we, we are indicating this once more. Uh, the minister is aware of this also, that uh, uh, we, we really would like to, 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 to see to it that uh, we don't get unnecessary flag and, 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 and criticism. Uh, people should know that because of budget cuts, we cannot do anything, that, anything more. Thank you. I, I leave over to you, to portfolio committee members who have questions. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Judge Magume, and to members of the Executive of Legal Aid for the presentation. Presentations, members. That is the presentation. Those are presentations from Legal Aid South Africa. Are there any questions or comments? It is Honorable Horn, Honorable Nico Trachens, and Honorable Glenis Breitenbach in that order. 
Thank you, uh, Chair. Um, good afternoon from my side and thank you for the presentation. Chair, uh, allow me firstly to, to address the or, or ask some questions about the last part of the presentation around the land rights management unit. Um, our understanding, Chair, was that uh, along with the transfer of the of the mandate, there would have been a transfer also of some funds from the Department of Agriculture, uh, Rural Development and Land Affairs, of, and if not funds, at least a portion or a, a part of the vote. Uh, so it's not quite clear from the presentation whether that in fact has materialized. Um, so I would want to firstly know whether that in fact did happen and how that is factored in. And if that did not happen, what is the the context or the the background to the to the failure to to ultimately um, ensure that a part of that budget vote from that department is then transferred to to Legal Aid South Africa? Um, and then, in relation to that, um, secondly, Chair, if I understand slide thirty four correctly, there there is. In terms of the, the proposed staffing of all of the provinces and regions, an immediate shortfall for this year of 50 million. So the first question is how will how will effect be given then to, to making uh, the unit function in all provinces? And the second is if 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 it is about savings and surpluses, then of course it's quite clear that 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 is not necessarily going to be there in years to come. So can Legal Aid South Africa under the circumstances afford to, to start appointing people or are they going to go the, the full judicare route for now in, re, in respect of these, these matters? And then lastly, um, we as this committee, is, that's now in terms of the, the land rights management unit, uh, we as this committee we're dealing with the land court bill, which of course, course affords the Legal Aid South Africa um, a responsibility for a whole lot of matters under this bill. And our understanding is that it is also once again an increase in, in mandate. Um, and it was noted at the time that Legal Aid South Africa has indicated that the bill in respect of their responsibility was in no way costed. So can Legal Aid South Africa inform us whether there has been any developments in this regard and whether they've been involved in a costing process? Then, Chair, in respect of the uh, budget cuts and the baseline reduction, I must immediately say that um, uh, slides 23, 24, 25 uh, creates a very worrying picture and I would assume, and I would maybe just want to get that confirmation from Legal Aid South Africa that at this this reduction in their ability to maintain the the previous coverage in in district and regional courts, were of course ameliorated somewhat by the fact that due to COVID, fewer cases were enrolled in our courts over the last two years. Um, so I have a sense that that the the then budget cuts did not necessarily have the that that had the foreseen impact. 
but then, Chair, and this is merely a statement, maybe Legal Aid South Africa can react to it if they so wish. If we are then now to, to address backlogs and if we are to assume that that enrollment of new cases will not stop, then then it might even be that there is a slight underestimation of, of their ability or, or, or to, to, to maintain that coverage in the in our in our criminal courts. So I, I don't know whether they have factored that into their planning. Then the two last questions I have, Chair, is, rem is in respect of firstly the remote working costs. So we've been informed that uh, there was an expense of about 440,000 Rand per month on data costs due to remote working. But the, it would seem, and there is some, still some uncertainty around the future tra trajectory of the, of the pandemic, but it would seem that the idea now is to allow for a full return to office um, in, in, in the public sector. So I don't know what, what is the plans of Legal Aid South Africa in this regard and what, how do they foresee that expense then shrinking or, or not um, in, in the year to come? And then lastly, Chair, in respect of the issue of office accommodation and the the whole idea around cohabitation with other government departments. And we noted that with uh, thanks, uh, Legal Aid South Africa says that Department of Justice has in, in some places already accommodated them. Uh, and I'm, I'm not necessarily criticizing the move. I mean, if one looks towards um, savings, of course, office accommodation, can contribute in, in that regard. The one thing, however, I want to say, and, and the, thinking back to my years in practice, is that there used to be a, and I'm choosing my words carefully, but a, a perception amongst the criminally accused that the legal aid South Africa, legal practitioners were, as, they, as it was called in the corridors of courts, government lawyers. And at some stage, Legal Aid South Africa did a lot of work to, 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 let's say, address that perception that ultimately the service one will get from, from Legal Aid practitioners would not be substandard and that those practitioners would not be beholden to prosecutors um, and really the state or the government. So that, that let's say, that necessary separation which 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 then creates a bit of a more of a perception of independence i think were established and i'm worried and i want to know whether legal aid south africa has considered this whether if there is to be a full-scale cohabitation specifically with the department of justice whether we will not unfortunately reverse those gains thank you chair thank you Honorable Neil, what questions? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, thank you very much, uh, Mr. No. So, so, uh, sorry, Judge. Uh, sorry, Judge. Uh, what we will do, we will yes. allow all members to ask questions, yes. and then after the each of the four can respond. Thank you. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, 
And thank you very much to the team from Legal Aid South Africa. Thank you for your presentation. I, I am mindful of the difficulties under which you operate, especially with the continued budget cuts. Um, and sometimes, you know, when we ask the questions, you know, we know that you are restricted by budget cuts, and, but I will ask anyway. Um, I would like to add to my colleague who's just spoken about the Land Rights Management Unit. Um, on your slide, you indicated the provinces, regions, and number of staff members. Um, so I'd, give, I'd like to give you an example. So in Western Cape, um, would you mean like there is four staff members covering the entire Western Cape? Or, you know, the numbers that you mentioned for the, each provinces and the regions. If you could just um, clarify that, because if it is just four practitioners for a province like Western Cape, that would be indeed a lot of work, especially a province like Western Cape with a lot of farm-related issues. Um, my constituency in particular um, is, well, the, the office is in Marmersbury, um, and but the area, it's in it's in the Swartland, and so but that area so it covers three um, municipalities. Uh, so it's actually the Swartland, um, and the Cape Metro is part of it. So it's quite a vast area. So to come to my question, with the you know budget limitations and other limitations, how would you? work this out in terms of the number of staff and the number of offices. And then my constituency office also faces a challenge. Um, Marmersbury Legal Aid South Africa is the only one, so is sorry, it's in a building that is not uh, is not accessible to the elderly and uh, people with physical disabilities. Oh. So some of these people will need the assistance of Legal Aid South Africa, but the lawyers will not go out of the building and the people cannot access the building. So I'm wondering if Legal Aid South Africa, if the staff or the lawyers can make a, some kind of compromise to meet the people who cannot access the office because the office itself does not provide um, access to those individuals, the elderly and um, people with physical disabilities. And I would also like to ask in relation to the master's office, we have been hearing um, a lot about it and the, our community committee has done uh, oversight in some of these offices. I'd like to know if Legal Aid South Africa, um, your relationship, if there is any with the master's office um, and how to make the services accessible um, to the clients of, of, of Legal Aid South Africa. Is there a kind of relationship that facilitates access to master's services? And then in terms of the COVID pandemic, we've been encouraging people to vaccinate and, you know, to reduce that will be in reduction of the seriousness of the illness. 
um, did Legal Aid South Africa uh, provide any assistance to the employees or any of those who were willing to vaccinate? Um, did they provide any kind of mitigating circumstances for them to either not go back to the office? Um, and also, I mean, if there is another interpreters waiting for clarification. So, yes, so in other organizations, other workplaces where the staff have refused Vaccinate, get vaccinated, there are mitigating circumstances. So how has Legal Aid handled the issue of employees who refuse to get vaccinated? And then my next question would be um, the Department of Justice is setting up or has set up sexual offences courts um, and will set up more. Legal Aid South Africa is the organization prepared to assist um, the victims who have to come before the sexual offenses courts, um, particularly these new courts that are coming into effect? And with consideration of the budget cuts, you know, will Legal Aid South Africa be able to provide those services to the victims in those particular courts? Um, those are my questions for now. Thank you very much, Chair, and thank you very much, Legal Aid South Africa. Uh, before Honorable Breitenbach, uh, Honorable Nevot Drachans, you talked about the court, in fact, the offices that are not accessible. Is that the only building around there? Uh, could you not explore once the contract or the, yes, the contract between um, the... Sorry, Chair. Yes, that is the, oh, okay, mm. sorry, that is the only, um, that is the only office of Legal Aid South Africa that covers the three municipalities. Um, so I, you know, this is what I was informed by the staff members when I came to Marmersbury. Um, and also parts of Atlantis is also included, this legal aid office services, parts of Atlantis and Saldana, and the legal aid practitioners will not go outside, even just outside the building to meet the clients. And it, this office service is a huge area, as I've indicated. So there are no other office buildings? Well, Chair, I would not know about that. Um, my constituency office has indicated, I mean, the office itself has a lot of space. My constituency office, I would not know about the other buildings in the area. I can only speak for my constituency. Thank you very much. Honorable Glennis Breitenbach. Thank you, Honorable Chair, and good, uh, good afternoon to everybody. I've been largely covered by my two colleagues, but um, I would like to know from Legal Aid, uh, the department has been, and the National Prosecuting Authority have been setting up uh, specialized commercial crime courts across the country. 
uh, one in every province now. Um, I'm not entirely sure that, that there's a demand for them uh, in every province, but nevertheless, um, does Legal Aid have the capacity to properly accommodate um, dealing with the, the workflow that will arise from, from those courts? And, and what training do legal aid um, representatives get, um, more particularly with regard to what specialized training do they get with regard to sexual offenses and, uh, and more particularly to um, complex commercial matters? Um, is there any special training that they get uh, in order to be able to deal with those matters? And then um, just the final question is the expenditure on, on data has um, increased exponentially as a result of people working from home uh, to quite a high amount per month. Is, is this a sustainable issue? Um, does the budget of legal aid uh, allow them to continue with this um, with, with this expenditure or, or how, how are they planning to, to, to deal with that expenditure? Because it's, um, it's quite a lot of money. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Brittenbach. Honorable Nervotrachans, you want to come back? Okay. Um, yes, Chair, apologies. I had one more question with your permission. Proceed. Um, in KwaZulu-Natal, your satellite office burnt down, um, and I would like to know if there's an update regarding that office. Was another office set up, or um, what? You know, if you could just give us an update on that matter. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Judge, uh, just, just a matter of interest, uh, the CEO. Um, when you read newspapers and you look at the salaries between uh, legal aid, uh, legal aid South Africa and the NPA, um, at first glance, uh, from state advocates upwards, uh, there seems to be a disparity wherein the NPA seems to be paying more than you do. Are you not experiencing a situation where your legal aid attorneys and advocates who are mainly dealing with criminal matters uh, are leaving you and to moving towards the NPA? Thank you, Chair. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes, thank you, CEO. I think you may proceed. I think you, uh, the staff members and the CEO will divide their answering to, to themselves. I'll also come in where I can. Uh, please take over, Mantiti, if you can. Okay. No, thank you very much. Just on the latest um, observation by the Honorable Chair relating to salary disparities between ourselves and the NPA, we do, from time to time, um, have exodus of, of, of our staff to NPA, especially due to the salary expectations that they receive from on the other side. <clears throat> With regard to the land rights management, I just want to assure members that there was an undertaking by the Minister of, um, both Minister of Agriculture and Justice, 
that this will be a funded mandate. And the joint task team between DOJ, Agriculture, Legal Aid, and National Treasury has so far managed to enable the transfer of the 33 million from the Department of Agriculture. And we get it via the DOJ. Hence, we say we received it from the DOJ. And the team also has prepared an MTEF allocation that was unfortunately late and we will get an MTEF allocation in January from the midterm budget. And the other aspects on the land management unit on whether we're going to roll out, in the presentation we specifically mentioned that we will not embark on an aggressive um, recruitment until we get those funds, the MTEF allocation and also that there's agreement on the contingent liability on the cases that we took over. So there is a constant engagement between these departments on the contingent liability and also on the funding for this. But so far, we got the 33 million from agriculture. And the Land Rights Management Unit Executive will talk to the rollout, and we will adopt a very conservative approach in capacitating, especially the regional footprint, because we cannot embark on an aggressive recruitment when we have not had the MTEF allocation. <clears throat> With regard to the question relating to legal aid practitioners, <clears throat> we, got, we got our professionalism with jealousy, and there is no plan for full-scale cohabitation. We only cohabit where we have problems in identifying office accommodation or where we have problematic landlords. <clears throat> the issue of the master's office, I think Advocate Velna will take on the COVID vaccination, the COO, and then on the sexual offenses, I think the acting NOE can come in. Thank you. And then the land rights management <coughs> executive can proceed. And yes. also on the satellite for Bulwa, the NOE. Thank you. Before you proceed, you. before you proceed, Honorable Breitenbach, is that a new hand or an old hand? She can't hear you. I think she's muted. Oh, she can hear you, but she's muted. She's muted. Yeah. I think it's an old hand. Maybe it's personal. Yeah. Yes, I think it's Abiso. Um, please proceed and, and respond to the numerous questions on land rights which have been uh, identified. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Judge. With, 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 with regard to our operation, currently we are operating from the national office. So we are 100% dependent on, on private legal practitioners. So they are assisting us, they are providing legal services to farm dwellers until, until we are able to build capacity within legal aid. With regard to the land court bill, the land court bill has not yet been, has, has not been costed as far as I know. Uh, with regard to the structure of the unit, we, what we are saying with regard to Western Cape, we are saying that Western Cape will be divided into four regions so each region will be allocated four staff members, meaning that we'll be having about four, eight, we'll be having about four, 16 staff members that will be 
allocated to Western Cape. Uh, I think that's all from the land rights management facility because they always dealt with the issue of 33 million that we received from the department. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Judge. Thank you, Chairperson. COO and and uh, COO, please can you come in on the issue of uh, uh, office accommodation, or oh, maybe? Oh, okay. So, uh, good, good afternoon, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee. And, and the COVID and the COVID issues, yeah, and COVID issues, yeah. All right, thank you. Good afternoon, Chairperson of the COVID uh, of the Portfolio Committee, members of the committee, chairperson of, of legal aid and board members and colleagues. Uh, yes, maybe let me start with the, the data, the data cost. Yes, uh, the data cost is high, but what we are looking at, it's uh, we are looking at how we can use this advantage of working from home by reducing our office space requirement, but not you, you, uh, you, uh, reducing the number of offices, but the the, uh, the office space requirements. And we think that that will also uh, sort of reduce the dent that is caused by the increase in data. And then we have also recently awarded a contract on VPN and then terms of which offers competitive prices. And we are hoping that going forward, we'll see this cost going down. And we further monitor access to internet and prohibits uh, access to certain uh, uh, sites. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that going forward is this data cost will, will go down and then, and, uh, and then it will be sustainable. And I must say again that we have adopted hybrid model. That means that uh, some are working from home, but for a limited number of days, and some uh, come straight to the office on, on a five-day uh, basis or shift because uh, uh, um, more especially those who are coming who, who don't uh, who don't have any alternative or cannot work from home can go, cannot work from home then uh, they must come to the office so our legal practitioners go straight to the uh, to the to the to the to the, um, to the court and only come to the office once a week and then paralegals go to the office five days a week uh, and so is our advice line uh, uh, officers. Support staff, they come to the office uh, at least uh, four days a week, and but only those that can work for, uh, 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 from home on the day that they, they don't come to the, to, the, uh, to the office. And we think that with this more, uh, uh, hybrid model uh, uh, mode, then also our data cost will be reduced. And as for the vaccination, we do keep a record of employees who vaccinate. And as at the beginning of May, uh, um, the percentage was at 54%. Uh, we have uh, not adopted a compulsory vaccination uh, policy because we are waiting for guidelines from the Department of, of Health. And as, as far as uh, we know, uh, there has not been that uh, a guideline on whether we can uh, uh, request our employees to vaccinate or Yes, as 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 compass, uh, as uh, to sort of force them to 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 vaccinate. But however, what we do it's uh, with this uh, vaccination at fifty four percent. It's we keep on uh, encouraging p uh, people to 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 vaccinate, 
And then what we have done is we have targeted all the offices that we think that their vaccination its a percentage or rate is lower. And with that, it's we have workshops and uh, and then we have sent also our HR guys to, to go there and, 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 and persuade them to vaccinate. And uh, but at the same time, it's we we encourage our employees to uh, wear a mask and uh, also keep uh, social distancing so that at least we minimize the the, the possibility of uh, cross infections. And uh, yeah, I think that's all that I had to respond to. Chair, thank you. Well I, I, well, I don't know who's going to respond to um, the issue around the, the inaccessibility of the Masbury office. Do you perhaps have any idea what, what the problem is? I think there's a question that from, from, from Vernal Devote. The Masbury, Masbury office. The Masbury office. I'm, I'm Masbury. Yeah. yeah. The NOE the will the deal with the Bulwa okay. right. and the Masbury's office. Thank you. Okay. All, All right. Thank you. Thanks. NOE. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. And uh, thank you, honorable members of the Justice Portfolio Committee. Thank you, Chairperson of the Justice Portfolio Committee. Um, with regard to specialized commercial crimes courts, uh, what is happening is that we do have capacity we received budget from the Department of Justice as we requested, and we have uh, now made, made sure that there's capacity in all the courts that we have uh, in the country that were created. And with regard to the sexual offenses courts, we also make sure that uh, when every court uh, is created, we ask for a, 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 a capacity in those courts. And we also have made sure that at all times we have trainings for these specialized courts. We have uh, certain trainings that are dedicated to our specialized uh, practitioners in the sexual offenses courts as well as in the commercial crimes courts. So they are well capacitated and we have uh, put aside our training budget so that it can be able to cover them. So we are covered on that area. And if anything, maybe if it happens that maybe there's any shortfalls in future, then we always discuss with the Department of Justice. And um, uh, with regard to the Malmes Berry Office, uh, previously we have made um, a survey to make sure that all our offices are accessible. And uh, with regard to Malma's baby office, it means that they could not get any other offices except those offices, because sometimes in small areas, especially in small towns, we struggle to get accommodation. But what we are going to do, we'll follow up on the matter and we'll make sure that there's um, a, a, some way that they assist lines 
and because in some of the satellite offices where we find offices like that, we usually make appointments and we usually inform clients that we can be able to see you in courts and we ask for a small office in courts so that those offices can be, uh, uh, that is where the clients can be assisted. Our paralegals usually works in those offices so that they can be able to assist the disabled and the elderly. So we'll take it up with the uh, uh, provincial executive in that uh, area so that all the clients can be assisted. And we will also make sure that in future, when we are looking for accommodation, when our contract expires, we are going to look for accommodation that is accessible. And most of the time when we look for accommodation, we also request our landlords to provide for lifts in areas where uh, the area where it's not accessible so that uh, we can be able to access. So in the meantime, we'll see whether we can pro there can be a provision for a lift in that uh, office. And with regard to the uh, Valva Satellite Office, uh, we have made uh, temporary arrangements uh, while the office is being, uh, 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 they are still working on the bent of office. Uh, our property management is busy with uh, uh, accommodation and looking at what they can do. But in the meantime, uh, we uh, the, the still, uh, our paralegals are able to assist uh, people from the courts because usually we ask for accommodation and office in the courts where we'll be able to uh, get uh, all our clients assisted. So as, as in at present, uh, they are, uh, the structure is being constructed and they are refurbishing the office so that we can be able to occupy it. But in the meantime, uh, our practitioners are going straight uh, to courts and then the paralegal is assisting people in the court when people need assistance. I think that I've covered all areas. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. I think Velna on, on the uh, master's office and others. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Legal Aid South Africa has got a service level agreement with the master's office in terms of Section 8 in free estates. These are estates that are of a minor value or, a, or um, where the value is less than 250,000 rand and there are uh, minor heirs involved. And this is in terms of our constitutional mandate whereby we provide legal assistance um, in civil matters where the rights of a child is involved. So that, that in, in, in as far as our involvement with the master's office is, is concerned in terms of this, we currently have approximately 6,070 estates that we are dealing with. And we are constantly in consultation with the master's office to try and um, uh, resolve issues of mutual concern. Um, I have to say that we recently have had um, very fruitful interactions again, because as we all know, there have been some issues at the master's office, specifically in the fact that some key positions are vacant and there are uh, people acting. Um, but we have um, had, uh, we've set up provincial uh, committees whereby um, the provinces link with the master's offices to ensure that we um, 
that we handle these estates within the 12-month period that it, it needs to be handled with. So we are very confident that um, our co cooperation agreement with the master's office is safe and sound and that we will continue to monitor it. And when there are any issues, we immediately will take it up with the chief master and that they are um, accommodating and very well um, happy to meet with us at any point in time. Um, in as far as the question is with, with regard to the backlogs created by COVID and the, I think it was Honorable Horan that mentioned it, um, that there has been a backlog that was created uh, during COVID and that there could be a possibility that our uh, court coverage and our ability to deal with the court coverage might be slightly understated. It is true that there was a backlog created um, during the COVID period and that we are all very aware that, the back, that there is a backlog. Legal Aid South Africa are part of all the provincial committees and the national committee looking at uh, holistically at the backlogs and what the answers to those backlogs are. So our coverage is not understated, provided that there's no additional courts being established. Um, I'm quite a bit aware that in, in a number of provinces, there, there, are, there is quite um, pressure to request uh, treasury and uh, additional funding to create backlog courts or additional courts. If additional courts are created, then our coverage would be understated. Unless funding is made available for us uh, on perhaps a project basis to cover these additional courts. If no additional court is made available, then our coverage is our coverage. We've got a practitioner per court model, um, and that model stays the same, uh, and it's linked to the number of courts there are. What, what we are encouraging in terms of a backlog um, from Legal Aid South Africa is a focused approach to look at uh, to look at the type of matters or cases that are um, in the backlog system to see whether some of them can be resolved by after alternative dispute resolution mechanisms to have a focused approach in terms of older ones to see um, and and then uh, to prioritize the matters um, in terms of, of of an age analysis so I hope that answers the question. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, there's only one question which I think uh, maybe um, uh, Tavisa has not answered, or the question that was raised right at the beginning by uh, Honorable Mr. Horn uh, in connection with the transfer of the funds as well as the um, the 15, 50 million shortfall on slide 34. I'm not sure whether uh, Tavisa and or the CEO is able to respond to that question, unless they have just been responded. CEO, could you please respond? I'm not sure that you'll be able to respond. She's still there. Thank you, Tabiso. Uh, uh, what I said earlier on, uh, Judge and Honorable Members, was that there is an undertaking by both Ministers of Justice and Agriculture that this land mandate will be funded as because legal aid as it is, we are battling our own 
budget cuts on our core mandate. So we cannot uh, take an additional responsibility that is not fully funded. But in terms of our service delivery model, we would like to have a legal practitioner across the national footprint. And for the beginning, we'll have a mixed delivery system where we still have the duty care, but eventually we want to build internal legal capacity. <clears throat> that is the reason why we're operating from national office currently, and we'll only be able to roll out the regional structures once we receive the MTEP allocation and the contribution towards the contingent liability on the matters that we have, the 740 matters that we took over on the 1st of January. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mantiti. Um, if there are any questions that the honorable members have asked, maybe not uh, uh, feel that they've not been answered, could they please re uh, raise a hand and repeat that? Uh, perhaps I could just, uh, in, in response to a question that was asked by, by Mr. Horn about legal aid, um, the lawyers being called government employees, that has not stopped. The, and it will not stop now. Um, but it depends on how, how you perform. When we win cases, we are not regarded as government lawyers. When we lose, uh, we're regarded as government lawyers. Uh, but so that's something that uh, we, we're dealing with internally. And I think um, we have done quite a lot and, and, and been successful in a number of cases. Uh, and some people are beginning to understand uh, that we are not, the fact that we are funded by government does not make us government lawyers. We have taken cases against the government um, just to prove that. And in fact, if you look at our uh, the number of cases uh, on call center that we do advises, uh, I saw the number is about 26,000 people uh, who call into our call centers. Day, uh, and, and that just shows that that notion that we are government plus is in fact uh, uh, not really being taken seriously. Uh, let me stop there. And uh, if thank you very much. Thank you very much, Judge. Uh, but there is just a follow-up on Miss Makume. Miss Abi. Yes. Um, I am just uh, concerned. Uh, with the fact that uh, you are saying that uh, lawyers uh, would go to the office once a week, but most of the time they, it is from home to court and back home. Um, I'm just, I just want to get a clarity, especially those who are dealing with high court litigation, criminal matters, as to then if they go to the office once a week, where do they get quality time to do proper consultations? Where and when? No, you are, we, we can't hear we can't hear you. I think there's something wrong with can you improve on your system, please. The 
No, it's still All it's still right. the problem. Yeah. Can I step in for four? Yes, this Velna, the same to Velna. I think yeah. Paul was re referring to the satellite offices in terms of a um, of a once uh, or a satellite office mm -hmm. which does not house the High Court practitioners, but. Um, the Pretoria High Court and the Johannesburg High Court fall under me. The High Court practitioners would go in for consultations as and if when necessary. However, we do have to understand that the, the largest bulk of our clients in the, in the High Courts are in custody um, and incarcerated. So most of the consultations happen at the correctional facilities, which is set up uh, specifically during uh, recess times. And then when we are also at court, um, there is uh, an opportunity to consult there. So the consultations in high court matters with our clients does not necessarily take place at the office. However, the office space is available and the, and the high court practitioners are required to go to the office on more occasions than just once a week. Thank you. Yes, thank you. No, thank you very much. Uh, members, are there any members who would want to make comments or ask further questions before we close? Uh, Ms. Walmart, Nuba Drachens, hand is up. Okay. Honorable Nuba Drachens. Okay, great. So thank you very, very much um, to Legal Aid. To Legal Aid South Africa for your responses so far. Um, my question has uh, two parts. Uh, the, front, the one you've answered regarding COVID, but my second uh, question relates to the labor disputes. Um, not within, not, not, you know, it's basically legal disputes, um, or sorry, labor disputes, around people who don't want a vaccination and how companies are um, forcing them to. Is there something that, um, any work that's been done around that specifically? That's my question. Thank you. Uh, we have not ha encountered any client that has approached us specifically with um, a, a, a case like that. We, if we are approached with a case like that, and even on a test case basis, in our strategic uh, litigation unit, we will quite gladly look at the merits of it and will be able to decide whether it is a case that we can put our resources behind and take on test. So we also would encourage NGOs and also any member of this committee that if they are aware of beneficiaries that could perhaps boost their, uh, or, or be a participant in our strategic litigation unit, we can look at it and we can determine whether it is a test case that we can take to court. Thank you, Velna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Over to you, Judge, for concluding remarks. Well, yes, in conclusion, I want to express our appreciation to the Portfolio Committee for always being there for us as a, uh, as a, as a, public, as a public entity. Uh, thank you very much for all, always being, uh, probing us with questions that build us. Uh, thank you very much also for being there 
to speak on our behalf to the Minister of Justice and our Minister of Finance about our plight. And we hope that uh, we'll be in a position to uh, see ourselves through uh, this uh, MTF period. Uh, and as I indicated, um, Legal Aid has got other stakeholders that we'll be talking to also to make sure that we, we do not uh, do that deadly. As I said, the private legal services uh, will also be approached to, to come in and assist wherever possible. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Judge Magume, mem uh, board members of Legal Aid South Africa, the executives that are present. Thank you very much for the presentations. Uh, we must say that uh, you are an organization that always makes us proud. Uh, you are one of your of our star performers uh, in the justice uh, cluster. Uh, we will do whatever it takes to ensure that uh, more resources are made available. But we are also encouraged by the innovation that we see because um, uh, approaching uh, the legal fraternity uh, to work more closely on pro bono work to try and assist to elevate uh, part of your pressures, I think would, would if successful, would uh, do some some good for the organization and for the people of this country. Um, we think that uh, this financial crunch is going to be with us for some time and the resources are becoming much smaller each year. So which demands of us that we should be much more creative around the resources we have. Um, but that does not mean that the committee would not uh, uh, try and push National Treasury for more resources because uh, people who come to you are the most vulnerable, vulnerable people in our society. Uh, they've got nowhere to go. Um, so you are, the, you are the protector of our constitution at the call face level. So we'll always have that in mind when we deal with the budget that affects the legal aid South Africa. But we are also pleased with your governance, uh, with the way you look after the resources. Uh, the governance issues are in order. Um, so you have plans that we can always trust uh, that are going to be implemented. And that makes us uh, to be always um, very proud that uh, we have such model organization within our stable as the Justice uh, Portfolio Committee. Thank you very much, uh, Judge, and to your team. Thank you very much for your kind words, sir. Thank you. Yes, so we still owe you. We know that uh, we have not visited Legal Aid South Africa. Uh, we, we, we will make sure that um, even in other provinces where we visit. Um, we did pay a visit to your office in Limpopo. We okay. saw how you are housed there, um, but we still have to come and see to Johannesburg and, and, and to other offices, including the national office. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, members. Thank you very much. Thank you, honorable members. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Stay well. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much. Everybody go safe. Okay. <laughs>